As a business and leadership mentor, wife, and mom, I know that building a legacy business as a high-performing female entrepreneur can be overwhelming when you play many demanding roles in your life. But you know what? It doesn't have to be that way. You can be a powerful, high performer in your career, plus enjoy a fulfilling marriage and be a great mom all at the same time. Join me and my guests every week to get the inside scoop on what it really looks like to build a high growth business while living a life truly aligned with your family and personal values. Well, hey, Cherie, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm awesome. Uh, So the listeners don't know this, but Sheree and I have been sitting here chatting for the last 57 minutes. Um, I was just telling her, I was like, we should have pressed record like 48 minutes ago to catch everything. Um, But we were just sitting here getting to know each other. And um, Sheree, you have such a fascinating background and story. I'm so excited to dive in and just share. You have so many, there's so many moving parts to your life and your business. Um, so we'll see how many different things we touch on here. Um, but let's, let's fill the listeners in just a little bit and fill them in on just sort of briefly tell us a little bit about your background before you became an entrepreneur and then how your life has changed, um, since you have been diving into entrepreneurship over the last few years, and then we'll get into some of the nitty gritty here. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me, Megan. Um, I'm happy to be here. Um, yeah. So my background, my professional background is sports medicine or athletic training. Uh, for those of you who don't know, it's, we really help take care of athletes and keep them on the field or the court, um, and performing at their highest. So that I did that for 14 years, um, was traveling a lot, had my first baby and ended up traveling for about six weeks straight. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. Um, and so I had quit, got hired in a different position, did that for another year, and then eventually decided to become a stay-at-home mom. I wanted to be with my kids more. I was working 60 to 70 hours a week, uh, lots of nights and weekends, missing holidays. And I just I just wanted better work-life balance. I wanted to be with my kids and not get phone calls on Christmas day. Um, so I became a stay at home mom and I thought it was gonna be cupcakes and rainbows. And after four months, I was like, I can't do this. Um, I went back and got a job, did that for a year, uh, working part-time. And I loved that. I loved getting used my skill set. um, got let go from that position because they got downsized. And so I was like, I, I just want to start my own business. I want to have my own schedule, create my own freedom. And so I did, I started a gift box company. Um, it was self-care gift box company called heartfelt mamas. And that was about six years ago. Um, and it was really to encourage moms to take care of themselves. But after three years, I realized that it wasn't about putting a product or service in front of a mom. That wasn't what they needed. What they needed was help with a mindset. And it was the guilt that was keeping them stuck and taking care of themselves. So I transitioned into coaching mompreneurs specifically um, and did that for two years, um, really helped them overcome burnout. And then 
um, I realized that my real zone of genius is in helping the female entrepreneurs who have already grown successful, profitable businesses, but their businesses have taken over their life and they want to burn their businesses down. Um, and that's really where I come in and help them to manage their energy and restructure their life and business so they can love their life and their business and their business isn't just taking over everything. So, Yeah. You know, it's such interesting timing in 2022. You know, we've all just come off of a very tumultuous past two, two and a half years. And this whole idea around what you just said around burning down your business. I mean, you and I have both had probably way more conversations than we care to have had with other women entrepreneurs kind of tucked away behind closed doors. And they're saying, I want to quit my business. I want to leave my business. I want to burn the whole thing down. And, you know, I'm hearing it from people who are at seven and multiple seven figures a year from their business. But there there truly are a lot of people who are just like straight up leaving their business. So the work that you're doing with people is just so incredibly invaluable. And if anybody is listening to this episode and you are thinking those thoughts, I want to quit. I want to burn my business down. I can't do this anymore because you literally just dedicated the last five, eight, 10 or 15 years or however many years to hustling your way to the the point where you have gotten your business and sort of everything in your life. It's like you pick up your head one day and you realize like, my kids don't have a mom. My husband doesn't have a wife and I don't have a self anymore because I've literally given my whole life over to my business. Call Cherie. (laughs) Because there is a way out, right? Like you get to reinvent and reimagine how you want to do business in this other way. So what are some of the things that, like, what are some of the signs that you see in a woman's life and business, you know, where you're like, you know, they're at a place where they need to bring you in. Like, what are some of those symptoms? What are some of those thoughts they're thinking? What is life and business really look at when they are like on this teetering on this edge of burnout. I want to burn it all down. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Um, really good question. I think it's, it varies for everybody, but overwhelm, frustration, uh, physical manifestations. Um, Megan, I know you have even talked about this of like headaches or just extreme fatigue, feeling apathetic, Um, those things are not normal things. They might be common things, but they're not normal things. And it doesn't have to feel that way. I, I, I talk about it of like, if you're driving down the freeway going 70 miles an hour and there's signs along the road that say, slow down, pull over to the right. And you just keep going along, right? You've got a destination to get to, and you don't want to be late. And the further along you get, the more warning signs you see saying, slow down, merge, right but you, you can't be five minutes late. You can't be 15 minutes late, right? You just keep trudging on until you literally hit a cement wall. And instead of being late, you might not make it at all now. Like you just, you just hit this wall and it's this complete burnout, right? And if you think about actually hitting a cement wall going 70 miles an hour, um, imagine the, the physical pain that you're going to be in. Imagine what that's going to do to your body. And so that's really what I like to think about is if, if you are feeling this, like your body or your mind or whatever it is blaring at you, these sirens, like, hello, like I'm trying to speak to you. (laughs) Um, that's a really good sign. Or if you're having a lot of anxiety, um, holding your breath, panic attacks, things like that are signs that it's time for something to 
something to change, something to pivot. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to change your whole entire business. It just means that something needs to be restructured. So talk a little bit about how you're navigating everything that you're responsible for. You're a mom, you have two kids, right? Two kids, yeah. two mm-hmm. boys, yeah. two boys, 10 two and boys. eight. Yeah. Okay. 10 and eight. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah. Uh, they don't go to regular public school. You and between you and your husband, you're uh, what did you call it? Unlearning, unschooling, Un- unschooling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most people call it homeschooling, but Sheree and her husband are unschooling. So yeah. you guys are doing that. You also are doing RV living, which so many people have really transitioned into owning a home, selling their home, doing the whole RV thing. So many people did that during COVID. So you're in an RV as a family together. You're unschooling your eight and 10 year old and you have a business and your husband is leaving his job, right? Okay. so So how are you, how do you navigate that? Like, how do you decide where you're spending your time, where you're channeling your energy on any given day so that you can be super present for your husband, your kids and your business and clients and yourself? by the way. (laughs) And then there's you. Yes. Uh, Yeah. So I learned when I was a stay at home mom, um, I learned really quickly that I had to take care of myself because if I wasn't taking care of myself, then my family was suffering. Um, And so I learned in that period of time that to really start to listen to my body and understand my energy and manage my energy. And so for me, I know that I can't, when I get too many things on my schedule, I get overwhelmed. And a lot of people get stuck in the people pleasing. They say yes to too many things. And I don't even know why they're saying, they say yes when they don't even want to. Right. Um, and so they get overwhelmed and exhausted. And so I got really good at understanding my body and understanding what energizes me, what drains my energy. So those are like, those are the, that's a key component for me in my life. That's what I teach my clients. And people don't understand the like importance of this. Like they think that it's like, oh, that's so insignificant. But if you think about a good example for me is like social media sucks the life out of me. Just living my life on social media sucks the life out of me. And for a long time, that's how I was marketing my business so much that I wasn't enjoying it so much that I wasn't out networking and doing the things that I really love and energize me. Um, And so that's one thing that I was like that I have to figure out how to get this off my plate so I can focus on what I really love to do in my zone of genius. Um, Boundaries are really, really important. And I really, in my own life and, and what I teach clients is you have to understand what you value and you have to create priorities out of the what you value and then you have to create boundaries around that because what happens is people end up saying yes to too many things right because they don't know why they're saying yes to it because they don't know what their priorities are and then they don't have boundaries and so every time that i've been burnt out whether it was in my professional career as a mom, as an entrepreneur, it's because I was lacking boundaries and boundaries are super important. Uh, The problem is, is a lot of people don't know how to create boundaries or how to get their boundaries to stick. They say like, oh, I wanna work out and I wanna lose weight, but then they they get so caught up in their to-do list, right? That it's not actually a priority. They're saying it's a priority, but their to-do list is, is managing their time instead of them managing their to-do list. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm a big fan of working from priority lists, not to-do lists, because to-do lists are never ending, literally never ending, right? <laughs> um, and so priorities is huge for me. I, I, I know what I value, and that is I value being present with my family. 
I value um, my energy. I value my faith. I value taking care of myself. And so those things get prioritized on my calendar before all else. And I create very firm boundaries around that. Um, and then also, <laughs> so one of the things for us is I was having, I was homeschooling, like Megan said, um, I'm not a good multitasker. And so as we moved into the RV, it got really challenging for me to run my business, to try and homeschool, to try and manage the house and keep up with the laundry and all the things. Cause we don't just have laundry on site. Like we have to go do laundry. Right. So there were these different dynamics that we didn't have in when we were living in a residence that we made the decision, um, that, and we're going to be traveling anyway for my husband to come home and for me to be kind of the breadwinner, the sole provider of our family, because I couldn't do all the things it was, it was creating a lot of stress in my life. And a lot of people, especially women have guilt around that of putting their kids in childcare, whatever it is. I, I, my kids weren't in school, so I couldn't just work during school hours. And sometimes that can get really messy. And so you have to be really good about boundaries. But what I love about, um, you know, kind of like high performers who are in that, in that space is they're okay. Like it's okay to want to work. It's okay. If your kids are in public school, it's okay. If you have a babysitter, it's okay. If your husband is the stay at home dad, um, we have to like shift that mindset. And that's really where understanding your values and your priorities comes in of like, I know that I'm actually a better mom when I am working and I can, and I can have dedicated time to that. And I know that my kids are being taken care of. Can you work from home with your kids? Absolutely. I also have a type one diabetic kiddo. And so um, he can't just get his own snacks and his own food. He has to literally ask for everything that he eats. And so it got really, and that just happened in the last, he was diagnosed in 2020, March of 2020. And that added a whole different dynamic of like constantly having to think about like, oh my gosh, is he outside? Is he, you know, did he pass out because he's low and like that gets really hard. And so for us and our family, we had to get really clear on what is it that we want to do? And one, we want to travel. Um, and so it just made more sense for my husband to make the transition home and for me to be able to work full time. And when I say full time, that doesn't mean I'm working necessarily even 40 hours a week, mm -hmm. but I'm doing the things that are moving the needle forward in my business. And that's really important to get clear on. So in the last handful of years, you and your family have navigated a lot of change. Yeah. I mean, that's really what I'm hearing. So I'm, I'd be fascinated to hear, and I'm sure our listeners would too. Did you have to change any beliefs that you had previously lived with? Or, you know, did you change the thoughts that you were thinking to go from you having a full-time job, owning a residence, mm -hmm. um, kids that were at first in school, like regular school, yeah. uh, no health problems to literally in this really short period of time, I mean, you've already listed it, so I won't relist it, but a heck of a lot of change Yeah, and, and you're thriving in it. I mean, I'm sure it doesn't look perfect. I'm sure it's not easy every single day, but it's very clear that as a, as a unit, a family unit, you all are on the same page. You made some really, really bold decisions that are, you know, you don't see every single person every day making these types of decisions. And 
experiencing this much change that a lot of it, you're actually creating it yourselves. You're creating the change. It's not just happening to you. Did you have to, were there any beliefs? Let me ask it this way. Were there any beliefs or thought patterns that you were kind of like bumping up against as you were navigating this? And then what were some of the beliefs that you did have to shift because change and, and making big, bold decisions, like every single one of us has the ability to do that. We all have the potential to live this life of possibility and it's the way we think and it's our belief systems that really kind of anchor us into the past. So I'd love to hear, you know, what was that like for you? Yeah. Oh gosh. So, so many, so many beliefs. Um, one, when I was a stay at home mom, I was stuck in the, everything's happening to me. Mm-hmm. And like, if, if my kids would just behave better, then I'd be happy. If I just had a better house, then I'd be happy. If I just, and I, that was like, number one, I had to figure out, like, I have to learn how to love where I'm at now and be intentional with where I'm at instead of being a victim of my circumstances. Um, and so that was like really the, the foundation and the propeller to, for us to be able to like manage all of this change and all these things. Um, yeah. So a couple beliefs, especially with home, when it came to homeschooling, I said, I would never, ever homeschool ever homeschool. My sister homeschooled and I was like, you're going to have to homeschool my kids because I'm not doing it. Um, we ended up putting them in a charter school. They were in that for uh, up until COVID and we loved it and it was great. And, but then it was not great. And it got to a point where my oldest, we found out he had dysgraphia, dysgraphia and dyslexia. And so the virtual school, he was in tears every day. He was not learning. It was very stressful. Um, and so I had to all of a sudden become this like <laughs> and the funny thing is is i actually had just quit my part-time job and i was like i get to finally work on my business full time and then covid happened but literally i quit march of march 30th of the other part-time job i had and i was supposed to get to work on my business full time because the kids were finally in school and they literally came home that week and so um it was really like shifting and that 2020 and kids home, that was a nightmare. Like, I'm not even going to like pretend that I was like thriving in that season, especially in the beginning. Um, as we went through it, it got better, but again, it was like being intentional of like, okay, what do we want? And that's really what thrust us into wanting to live the RV life is we realized that traditional learning, like with my son trying to sit down and do a worksheet, it was, it was not a good relationship for either of us. Um, one, because we were so focused on achievement. And so he was very stressed out and how already had low self-confidence that he wasn't, he, he would say, I'm stupid, like, right. Because of his learning challenges. Um, and so I realized that this is not, this, this is not a way for us to thrive. And so, um, Megan, you mentioned that we unschool and that's why, and that was a big shift I had to make in my mind. I literally had to listen to podcast interviews and read blogs of people who had been unschooled because we are so trained to do the traditional, you go to school and you, you go to college and you get a job and you achieve, achieve, achieve. Right. And when I, when I took the achievement focus off of learning and I just started allow him to explore his own interests and learn in his own way, instead of saying, oh, you need to know your mathematics facts because you're in third grade, right? Um, I'm doing air quotes. <laughs> um, that, that was a big shift of society says that I have to do it this way. 
but I know that there's other people that have done it a different way. And so that's really what got us into the RV life and looking into that is we wanted our kids to be able to learn in real life and go on the road instead of reading about history in a book. Like we want to go actually learn about history in real life. Um, and that was, that was a huge mindset shift for me because I was the, I was the girl that got the straight A's and the 4.0 and I worked my butt off to get my straight A's and I was a book nerd. I loved learning. Um, and that's how you were taught to do it. I went to college, got a master's degree. And, and so that was like a huge shift for me. Um, and then even the money aspect of it, a big belief for me was that, um, if I become successful, I'm not going to be able to maintain this balance and my family is going to suffer. And that really was rooted. We talked about like your limiting beliefs are rooted in a past story or experience. Right. And for me, uh, my dad had started a business. He's always had that entrepreneurial mindset. I think that's why I have it too. Um, started a business when I was in sixth grade. And after about two years, he, it became very stressful and he had a nervous breakdown and he developed unhealthy coping habits and our family fell apart. And so my story was if I start a business and I start to become successful, then my family is going to fall apart and, 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 and this isn't going to work. And so I had this real fear that I couldn't be the provider of our family or I wasn't going to be a good mom. And so that was, that was just a lie. It was just a belief that was there because of a past experience. But I know I'm intentional in what I do. I'm smart with my finances. Um, my, my, my dad was not so much. Uh, he didn't have that background and um, I'm not my dad. Right. And I love my dad, love my parents. Um, but I had to realize like, I'm not him. and I have really healthy coping habits because I've been intentional about developing those in my life. Yeah, this is so cool. I love I love this. So many of us are making decisions and thinking thoughts today that are completely anchored in experiences that we had when we were kids. And I think anybody listening to that probably is super aware of that. Doing something about it and changing it so that you are really bending your entire life in the direction that you truly want to go. That's a different story. It's why we all are working with coaches and mentors and or, and or therapists to to help us navigate that. Yeah. So there's something about your background that I am kind of obsessed with. Um, I was, you know, before we press record, I was taught we were talking about the fact that you were involved with athletics and sports in your career as an athletic trainer and a specialist in sports medicine. I, for those of you who don't know, I don't think I've ever said this and I never talk about this, but I was an athletic trainer, not trained, no degree in it. But when I was a high school student, I was a student athletic trainer at most schools. They have that for the football team yeah, obsessed yeah. with it. Always went to camp for it. I was a competitive tennis player. My brother was a baseball player, played collegiate, played professionally. And then when I was a high school teacher, I was the faculty representative as the athletic trainer, which Cherie informed me, like, you don't get to do that anymore, Megan. So if you were still there, you'd have to be like licensed. I think they changed that like right after I stopped teaching actually in the yeah, mid 2000s. It's, it's pretty new. Yeah. Yeah. So I was telling Cherie, I'm like, Cherie, dude, like not many people who do what you do in the coaching and entrepreneurial space 
have your credentials and your background and experience in athletic training and having being in such close proximity to elite level athletes. I mean, if you are playing in a D1 sport, you are the elite of the elite. And not all of those go off to play professionally or the Olympics, but you know, a decent number of them do. And growing up in an athletic household, having a brother that played at the professional level, you know, when I you and I both like really use a whole lot of sports and athletic analogies when we're looking at entrepreneurship. And I've always said, and not every athlete does as well, but if you look at athletic athletics, they have seasons. I'm going to let you talk about that in just a second. Cause I think this is really profound, but you know, if you know enough about sports, you know, that they, they have an off season and then they have a season where they're playing. Well, Cherie actually says it's four seasons. It's not just two, but then when we're entrepreneurs, it's like, there's an on season, there's an on season and there's only an on season. And I think this idea of to be a successful entrepreneur, the whole entire year long season, well, number one, it's a year, it's one big season and you're always on. And if you want to hit the coveted seven and multiple seven, and now people are like wanting to hit the eight figures and the beyond, there's this mentality that in order to get there, it's one season and it's an on season. Now, I think and be- truly believe entrepreneurs have a whole lot to learn from athletes yeah. and how sports function. Not that they're all, you know, doing it the right way, but I'd love for you to share some insight on the sports and athletics world and what the different seasons are and how we could actually kind of layer that in or layer it on to how we're functioning as entrepreneurs. I just think there's so much for us to learn there. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, in the athletic world, so I worked, um, collegiate sports. I was at the division one level and the division three level, which are, which are very different, um, but also very similar. And, training theory is, uh, it's a exercise science theory. So I have a master's degree in sports psychology, but we also have a strong background in exercise science. And, um, we actually had to do a project. I had to do a project at my master's degree where I had to create a training plan for an athlete. And so the, the way that the training theory works is that there's, it's broken into four seasons. So you have your off season, where you're, you're not doing any organized sports with a team at all. You might be going out and doing pickup basketball. You might be riding bikes. You're still active, um, but you're cross-training active. You're not necessarily fully active in an organized setting. And then you have your preseason where the team is coming back together and you are working on foundational basic skills. So uh, if you are a basketball player, let's say you're working on your free throw shots, right? You're not scrimmaging. You're not doing any of that yet. Toward the end of preseason, you start to scrimmage and you start to pick up um, and and prepping for in-season. And then in-season is your competition. So that is... um, if you're, I like to use basketball as an analogy. I worked a lot with basketball. Um, but that is your, when you start playing your, uh, your competition, right? So people who are actually in your, um, uh, what do you call it? I'm, I'm losing my train of thought. Your, um, oh my gosh, basically your, your people, your comp, your competitors, right? Your other oh, yeah. schools that are in your, um, conference. Like, 
conference. There you yes. go. Why am I having such a hard <laughs> time <with that> word? <laughs> uh, people in your conference. Um, so that is your in season. And then your peak season is your playoffs, right? That is where um, March Madness for basketball fans, that's March Madness, right? That is your peak season. So the way that it, that it would, the way that it should work is your weight training, your, um, exercises that you're doing, even down to the, the rehab stuff that you're doing, the type of self-care that you're doing, the nutrition supplements that you're doing, what you're actually doing on the court or on the field, all should line up for this. Um, meaning in preseason, it's easy, right? In season, it's starting to get a little bit harder. And then peak season is hard. Like, so the goal is, is you are gradually increasing your performance so that you are hitting peak during playoffs. So if you are physically, mentally, emotionally, everything is for that moment, right? That's what it's all for is because you're trying to win the title. Um, and so if we think about that in the entrepreneur space, right? Like even thinking about like starting a business, you want to lay the foundation. You have to work through some of the beliefs and those kind of things before you can hit the million dollars, right? There's so many um, entrepreneurs, I think that are just coming into it and they're trying to go straight to the strategy and straight to the, like, how do I do it? And how do I hit the income goal? But if you don't have the foundation, uh, you think about a pyramid, it has a foundation and if it didn't, it would crumble. Right. Um, and so that's really what training theory is, is creating this foundation, uh, so that you have a solid business moving forward so that you can hit peak. So if we think about entrepreneurs, um, like speakers is a really good one, right? They're going to, their peak season is there when they're traveling all the time, but you can't do that all year long, or you shouldn't be doing that all year long. You need rest time. You need time for your body to recover and recoup, um, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, all the things. And so if we, if we think about that as entrepreneurs of how can we make this shift more like athletes do, uh, we would be in much better performance. Like we, we can't be on all the time. And this comes down to not just seasonally, but even like down to your day is you can't be on all the time. Like you need, you need intentional rest time in there where you're not on social media and checking your email. And even if it seems insignificant, right. Your, your brain is still mentally on all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and Megan, I know you and I had talked about this, but I talked about an Olympic swimmer that I had worked with who was trying out for the Olympic Dubai team. And he was the best swimmer. He was at really a division one swimmer. He had come to Whitworth, which was a division three school because their training program was phenomenal. But what I was seeing is, uh, so you have four years in college and I was noticing that like he came into his senior year, junior, senior year, and he was just exhausted and feeling burnt out and his performance was declining. And he was the guy that he was just, he was taking very good care of his body. Like when we talk self-care, this guy was doing it right. But the problem was, is he wasn't giving his body rest because when he wasn't training in season at school in the summertime, he was training with the Olympic team and there was, there was no rest time for his body. And so he started to get to the point where he wasn't sleeping well. That's another sign. If you are in this hustle mentality um, and you need help, it, you're, you're not sleeping well, probably, right? You're not sleeping well, you're fatigued, you're exhausted, you're having maybe pain, uh, physical manifestations. And so what I had started to notice was they would bring the freshmen in at the same level as the seniors. 
So we talk about that year plan and having these off seasons. Well, if they would have done that over a four year period and they would have taken the freshmen and started them a little lower and then gradually increase them as sophomores and juniors and seniors, they would have hit peak performance their senior year. But what was happening, and I saw this over and over, these swimmers, they would knock it out of the park their freshman and sophomore year because the training was so good. It was like their peak, but they were hitting their peak at their sophomore year. And this happens in entrepreneurship too, right? It's like the first one to three years is you are on, you're in the hustle, and then you hit three to five years, five to seven years, and all of a sudden your performance starts to decrease. And that's why is because your body has been on for so long that it doesn't, it, it literally doesn't know how to shut off. Um, and so that's what we started seeing, especially in swimming, because it's a very overuse. You're using the same muscles over and over that they would, they would peak at their sophomore year and then they would slowly decline. And so what happened with this Olympic level swimmer is he finished out his senior year. He did okay. He still came in first all the time. It was enough, but it wasn't enough for Olympic trials. And he missed the Olympic team by like 0.03 seconds, 0.03 seconds. Like, I mean, talk about like being on the cusp. And if, if his training would have been different, if he would have given himself rest and hindsight 2020, like he even says it like, Sheree, I did this backwards, right? Like, but it is what it is and we can take it and we can learn from it and learn that like your body is not designed to be on all the time as an athlete or as an entrepreneur or even as a person there's a reason we have to sleep <laughs> even uh even even god the seventh day was rest like there's a yeah. reason that we need rest you know what you're really making me think about here is um well a couple of things Number one, especially with the Olympic swimmer, and you're talking about these athletes that come in as freshmen and they're hitting their peak their sophomore year, and then they start to decline their junior and senior year. In the entrepreneurial world, we talk about it like um, short-term gains and short-term vision and short-term thinking versus long-term thinking versus a little bit of delayed gratification, Right. So if we sort of look at ourselves as entrepreneurs, like a collegiate athlete, and you come in your freshman year, which is your first few years as an entrepreneur, it's like you're a freshman. Yeah. And then the next few years, like, you know, building a business isn't just like four years. You know, you're a freshman for a few years, you're a sophomore for a few years, you're a junior for a few years, and you're then finally a senior, like 15 years down the road or something. But I talk to entrepreneurs so much about, and it's hard to get people to, it's hard to teach people this. You really have to, Ed Milet says this thing, um, not a, some things can't be taught. They have to be caught. Yeah. So it's sort of like what the Olympic, what the, what the collegiate swimmer you're, you're talking about. It's like he caught it, but he caught it too late. Yeah. Right. So it's almost like he couldn't be taught it at first to hindsight is 2020. Mm -hmm. And I really want to like hammer this home that what Cherie's talking about with athletes is the same thing in entrepreneurship when we're comparing short-term thinking versus long-term thinking. Because if it's short-term thinking, you're constantly just thinking about how do I make money this month? How do I hit my financial goal this month? I have to hit my financial goal this month. And then what we see, especially with group coaching programs, is the launch cycle. The launch cycling every, you know, like every other month over and over and over and over and over. And you literally, people will spend like two to three years of an on season for two to three years. Mm. And, and by the time they get a, like a year and a half or two years in their launches do not perform as well. And so, you know, it's the same thing. It's the exact same thing there. 
And it's why, you know, as entrepreneurs, especially if you have groups or you've got programs or whatever, you can't just be launching all the time. At some point you need to pause and you need to make your program better. You need to improve your program, right? So there's just so many similarities. There's so much for us to learn as entrepreneurs from the sports world. And I'm like, so glad that you're bringing these concepts and perspectives into the online entrepreneurial expert kind of coaching world because we don't see it. I mean, we hear, we like, we sort of talk about it. We sort of talk about it a little bit. We talk about it from just like the self-love, self-care perspective, but I don't actually think people really know how to apply it in a long-term fashion. Yeah. I think that's a difference. Yeah. Right. Like what you're talking about is long-term thinking and long-term planning, but the way we hear self-care and self-love talked about in the industry it's very short term. Yeah. It's like, do it for a week, do it for five minutes a day. Like this is such, this is why it's also so important to do year long planning as a business owner. Yeah. And, but it's not just planning your numbers. It's not just planning your launches. It's not just planning your financial forecast. All those things are important, but it's actually looking at the year and deciding when is my off season? When is my preseason? When is my on season? Um, when is my peak season? And yeah. then having someone like you, because most of us can't do that by themselves to actually support you in f- making those decisions and then following through with it. Because we know that's really the hard part is to follow yeah. through. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. Um, even when you were talking about that long-term vision, a lot of times we would have, um, there was an athlete that I remember that was a basketball player and she was having a lot of knee issues, like just knee injury after knee injury. And it was like, okay, yeah, we could get the brace and we could do these things, but like long-term, let's just like stop for a second. Cause you're only a sophomore and you're having these issues. Like, let's just stop for a second long-term. And this is like, I'm a very big picture person. And then how do we reverse engineer from there? Like when you are a parent or a grandparent, do you want to be able to squat down and pick up your grandbaby? Do you want to be able to run around and play with them? Um, and she was cause they get, we get so narrow focused on this, but this is our goal. And this is what we have to do right now. Right. But when I pulled her out and we just said, let's just pause for a second and look long-term, like what, what is it that you want? Yes, it's great. Like you're an athlete, but are these two years of sacrificing your body going to be worth it 20 to 30 years down the road? And she did, she, she stopped and she was like, no, I don't want to keep pounding my body like this. This isn't, yes, it's important to me. It's my, my, been my identity, right? That's huge. It's been my identity my whole life. I don't know how to separate myself from that. But when you can pull them back and say, but what's your long-term vision? Like, what do you really want out of this? And I think that's really important for business owners because we get so stuck in the, like, I just need the income for my family. I want the freedom. I started a business for freedom. Right. But then all of a sudden we're like, wait a minute, we don't, our business is controlling our whole life. We don't actually have the freedom that we were going after. So it takes a pause to be like, well, what is it that you want? And how is this business? What is it you want out of this business? Not just money wise, but what do you want it to provide? And then let's reverse engineer from there because otherwise you just get stuck in the day to day and you're doing the same thing day in and day out over and over. And you don't even know why you're doing it (laughs) or what you're doing it for. Uh, So yeah, I love that you talked about that like long, long long-term vision and why your podcast is built to last. Like, I love that. I'm all about sustainability and how do we actually create our businesses to sustain the life that we want, not just. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think in the very beginning, most people, I think most people do it in the reverse order where it's like, I'm just so focused on making the money. And then that basically ends up controlling your life. Yeah. I mean, I remember um, this was years ago, but I sort of like woke up one day and I was like, my husband doesn't have a wife and my child does not have a mom. I mean, they did. They, they did. I mean, I was there, but I was not present. I was not happy. I was not joyful to be around. I was moody. I had like all the physical ailments and everything because my business was running the show. My business was running my life. My business was running me. And it was almost like being so caught up using your word. Like my identity was so attached to being successful and hitting the goals and the numbers in the business that I basically just like forgot about the human side. And there's, there's this whole other way of, of living and there's other things to live for. And so what we're also really suggesting here is flipping the script on that. And it's figuring out what do I want my life to look like five years from now, 10 years from now, 20, 30, and 40 years from now, what do I want my life to look like? And then reverse engineering from there and designing and delivering a business that actually supports you in whatever those life personal goals are. I'll never forget. This is very recently. Um, I am a member of a gym called Burn Boot Camp. I don't know if you, I'm sure there's one in Washington. There's got to be some in Washington. I, I've never heard of that until you were talking about it on your podcast. So I don't think we have one locally. There's a lot of them. There's, um, they've sold 500 franchises, but about 30, 335 are in existence across the U.S., so we know the person who started the whole burn boot camp. It's a franchise, but he like started the whole thing. And uh this summer I had the opportunity with my husband to bring a few clients to the burn boot camp headquarters for about a 90-minute talk with him. And he's like, What do you want me to talk about? I said, Well, talk about like your philosophy of business growth and development, team, culture, core values, you know, like just let's just have a conversation about that. Like you talk and then we'll ask questions at the end. And so in sort of his like spiel that he was giving us, which it's not like I didn't know this, but hearing it from someone who has a $150 million company, who has a goal of a $2.3 billion company, it just puts it into perspective. And he goes, I want you to understand your business serves one purpose and one purpose only, and it's to fund your personal goals. That's it. But that doesn't mean you don't provide a world-class experience to your clients or your members. I'm a member of Burn Bootcamp. It's a world-class experience. I was hooked after day one. I'll never go anywhere ever again. I don't think, I think everybody should be doing, I'm like, they should hire me to be their ambassador. (laughs) But I was like, I wrote that down and I have it written on my wall somewhere on all these post-it notes I have up. And I remind myself of that every day. Like the, the whole purpose of my business is to fund and support not just financially, but fund and support what my personal goals are. That's the end game. That is the end game. Now for you to even get to the end game though, you can't just go balls to the wall for 30 years business and it's running your life because you'll never reach the end game. And it's just a different way of thinking about it. It's a perspective shift. And that has, I approach my life and business very differently. And this was only a few months ago, very differently than I did before. Very differently. Um, And these are just changes in perspective, just changes, very small changes in the way we're thinking about it. But had I not had someone say that, 
and provide that example. Again, like that's hard for somebody, that's hard just for any of us to come up in our own mind, right? right. It's why having support is so, so important. Um, yeah, I, I love, love that. I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to um, requote that. Yes. Because that is, that is literally, that's why we become entrepreneurs is we don't want to be stuck in somebody else's schedule. We want to have the freedom to make our own schedule. But when your business is taking over your life, that's not freedom. That's not why you started. And so um, that's what I really love to do. That's like really my zone of genius is coming in and looking at like, okay, how do we get you there? Like, what do we need to do differently to get you there and to help you understand and ask the right questions is really what it comes down to and help you shift your perspective. Because that's really all it's about is shifting your perspective Mm -hmm. Um, and digging down to the root. And like, even in, even an injury. um, And I, I, I think this is just a God-given gift. I don't know, but I've had people at the chiropractor I used to work with. He was like, Sheree, you just have this ability to look at the body and see why things are happening and what's happening. Like nobody I've ever known. And I was like, wow, that's like coming from a chiropractor that like understands the body really well. I was like, I, I didn't know that I had, that it was a unique ability, I guess. And and it was, it was like, you know, if some, it's one thing if somebody has like a, an injury that they roll their ankle, right? Even then I'm like, why, why did that happen? What's happening in the body higher up the chain, right? Like, I want to know what is the root cause of this? So it doesn't happen again. And especially in chronic injury, if, if we don't understand what the root is and why that injury is happening over and over, and we don't address it, we just address the symptoms, right? Addressing the headache that you were having, Megan, if you didn't actually look at like, oh, this is happening. I'm having this physical pain because something's not right in my business. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, then we just end up in a vicious cycle doing the same thing. But if we can identify and, and figure out like, why is this happening? Then we can prevent it from happening again. Right. And so that's where that long-term vision comes in and sustainable growth comes in is like, if you, if you can figure it out and what the root is and, and we can structure this in a way that supports your life, Mm -hmm. um, the whole reason you started your business, then like, let's do that. And, um, and you, sometimes you, you can't always see it when it's in your own, even myself, I can't always see it in myself, right? Like I need somebody else to point it out and to come in and say, oh, this is what's going on. This is what you need to do differently. Mm -hmm. That's why we have coaches and mentors. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, just being able to see, like, if we just make this one tweak, or if you just changed your perspective, or if you just became aware of what your body was trying to communicate to you, like, that's huge. That will, that will take you very far in life. And same thing with athletes is like, if you can start to feel and pay attention to, oh, when I do this thing, then this hurts, Mm -hmm. then we can identify like, oh, well, maybe it's just your shoes, or maybe it's a weakness somewhere. Right. Um, and so what is that? How do we identify that in your business of where's kind of the weak link and how do we change this to really support you and what you want in your life? I love it, Sheree. I love it. Love this concept. Love it. So if people want to learn more about you, connect with you, follow you, uh, all the things, tell us where to go. Yeah. So you can pretty much find me everywhere at Sheree Sour Coaching. Um, So Sheree is C-H-E-R-E-E Sour, S-A-U-E-R coaching.com. I share about our RV travels on there. And then you can find me LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. I'm currently redoing my website. And I do Hustle the Harmony Virtual Summits, which is uh, Megan actually came and spoke at. And 
yeah, those, that's a great place to come and be inspired by other entrepreneurs who have been in that hustle and have broke through it and are really continuing to scale their business with Harmony. Um, so if you are stuck in that place of feeling like I'm resonating with what Megan and Sheree are saying and something has to change, I want to continue to scale my business, but I know I can't keep doing it this way. Like the Hustle to Harmony Summit would be a great place um, for you to come and, and check us out and uh, what we have going on. So. When's your next Hustle to Harmony virtual retreat or virtual? Um, it's going to be September 7th and 8th. Yeah, we talked about moving it to the 14th and 15th, but as of right now, it's the 7th and 8th, but that will be updated. It's on www.h2hsummit.com. Um, if you want more information on that, yeah. Awesome. Cool. All right. All those deets and links are in the show notes. So go check it out. And uh, the summit is free. It's free to join that. It is. Yep. Right. Yep. yep. So totally free. Um, incredible speakers, really incredible speakers, incredible uh, audience members as well. So go get yourself registered for that. Send the link out to friends, share it. And um, thank you so much. I love this conversation. Um, being from the athletic and sports world, uh, it's just really cool to merge the sports world and the entrepreneurial world together. I think they are incredibly parallel. Yeah. And, you know, we both have a lot to teach each other. So, yeah. Yeah. Thanks Thank for sharing. Thanks so much for having me on, Megan. This was such a pleasure. And uh, thanks for allowing me to talk sports. It's like, I, I yeah. still love talking about it, even if I'm not in it. So that oh, was yeah. really fun. Kind of like a blast from the past. <laughs> totally. Awesome. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for tuning into the Built to Last show. If you're loving the show and have gotten any value out of it for your business and life, would you mind doing two things? subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews helps us get more visibility and reach more people just like you. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs by helping them grow their businesses in a way that aligns with their life, family, and core values. Thank you so much for being part of our community and tuning into the show each week.